You're listening to the Sunday Sermon from Cardington Church of the Nazarene in Cardington, Ohio. If you need prayer, encouragement, or support, please don't hesitate to reach out. As always, our website and email are in the show notes. We serve a great God, and it's my hope that He speaks to you through the sermon today. Is anyone tired today? Yes, yes, it's fine to be. I am, I'm tired today. Has it happened to you a lot where you, you talk to someone, maybe at church for the first time in a week, or you see someone, you say, how you doing? And, and often the answer that comes to my mind when people ask is, I'm kind of tired, right? And, and I don't think I'm alone there. I'm pretty sure that's kind of a feeling that we feel. Especially, I think it gets compounded by the wintertime in the Midwest. I don't know if you feel this way or not, but when the, the sun doesn't show its face all that often in the wintertime in the Midwest. And so, uh, it makes it hard to be excited to get up and do things, right? And it makes it hard to be awake uh, even when you are awake, right? And, and to have motivation to do anything. Did you know that the sun, of all the environmental factors, the sun has the largest impact on your mood over any other thing other than the temperature, the humidity, like rain, snow? It doesn't matter. If, if there's no sun, uh, it, it affects your mood the most of all of those things. And I promise, I can attest to that in my own life. This week, even though it's been cold, there's been some sunny days, which I am so thankful for. And Kirsten and I and the baby, we've, we've done all we can to, even in the midst of the cold, to get up and to go out and to be out in the sun because it just gives life. It feels like it gives you life. And it has been, uh, it's been very nice for that to happen. In fact, uh, when we moved to Mansfield, so we we, have, we sold our house in Mansfield, we moved to Cardington. I think most of you probably know that. But when we bought our home in Mansfield, it was in the springtime, and it had been raining. Um, I'm pretty sure, I, I can't remember the exact dates, because as the farther away you get from things, the easier it gets to exaggerate. But it was at least a week of time. Every day, it was dreary and wet and rainy and misty, and it was always nasty, right? And we had just finally received possession of our new home, and so we had the opportunity to live in our apartment we were living in and not have to move in uh, like that, that day or anything. So we got to do some painting and some like work that we wanted to do in our home before we had to move in. And so we'd been painting all the walls, uh, everything, and it was raining and dreary and cloudy so long that we made a decision painting that I don't know if we would have made any other time, okay? We decided to paint one wall, one wall in our main room like bright school bus yellow, okay? Because it just felt, it like, it just felt like we needed bright colors. We needed the sun. We needed happiness. And so we made that choice and we painted that wall and it felt great uh, and we loved it. Um, and, and it wasn't until later that people came in and thought, what an interesting colored wall that I even thought about the fact that it might be, you know, not normal to have a school bus. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is, but that was a decision that I don't know if we would have made any other time because it had been so dark for so long and not having the sun affects your emotions. It affects the way that you feel. The sun more than any other thing affects how we feel. And today in our scripture that we're going to read, it's in Psalms chapter 84, it refers to God, and just one tiny piece of it, it refers to God as the sun, not S-O-N, but S-U-N, how God is the sun. He is our sun, and the sun is what gives us joy, right? It, it, it breathes life into us. Without the sun, uh, nothing could exist. And so uh, when the sun is away for so long, it's very hard to function. And this passage today talks for a little, just a tiny portion about God being the sun. This morning, 
The sermon today that I have that I believe that the Lord wants me to share with you is not, uh, is not one of uh, to guilt you into feeling a certain way to get you to do something, right? It's not, it's not to make you feel like you're not good enough and, and make you motivated to do more. It's, it's just the fact that God is good. God provides. God is strong. And you can rest in him. It's not about what we can do. It's about what he does. This psalm is important to us. And so as this sermon is preached, as you listen, I hope that you get out of it that God is good. It doesn't matter what you have to do. What matters is what he does. God is good. So we're going to read, hopefully, a refreshing psalm for us today. It's Psalm 84. And this is what that says. It says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. It was refreshing for me to read this week, and I hope that you can be refreshed by it as well. In the Psalms, I often, uh, I often just immediately assume David when I hear Psalms, because David writes a lot, of, a lot of Psalms, but this is not one of those. This is actually written, and it says before the Psalm, in the little heading, you probably have it in your Bible, it says something along the lines of, it's different for every translation, but basically, mine says, for the director of music, according to Gittith, of the sons of Korah, a psalm. So it's written by the sons of Korah. And there's a long story uh, from the from earlier in the Old Testament in Numbers about the sons of Korah and everything that their ancestry and their generations they went through. But I don't really need to get into that. You can read about that if you want. But what is important in the authorship of this psalm is, is that these people, the sons of Korah, right, they are people at this point uh, their family uh, had some uh, has a rough past that you can read about, but at this point, the sons of Korah are people who uh, live and work near and for the temple of God. Right? The temple was different in the Old Testament. It's not like a church. It's kind of like a church building, but they they interacted with it differently. Like that is where the presence of God was said to be, and there's all these rituals, and and certain people can only go to certain places. But they were familiar with the temple of God. They worked uh, sort of as groundskeeper, as building upkeep, people who took care of the place. Um, but they also were musicians, um, sort of like David. They were musicians. And so in a way, these were like worshipers, like maybe like lead worshipers, a worship band uh, in the temple, right? And so these people knew what it was like to spend time in the kingdom, in the presence of God, in the temple. They knew and were familiar with the feeling of being in the presence of God. 
So the sons of Korah, whoever happened to write this son or sons or people of Korah, it's a song. It's written as a song, uh, but we just read it as words, obviously, and so there's no way to, to know exactly uh, how that would have been. I kind of find that interesting to think about, but this is a song the sons of Korah have written, and they know what it's like to be in the kingdom, in the presence of God. And how interesting that that even though it's normal to them, it's where they are, it's where they spend time, and it's what they're used to, it starts out with saying, how lovely is your dwelling place. Even someone who, who, who knows God, who's, who, who spends time with God all the time, understands that there is no better place to be than in the presence of God. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out, yearning. That's a feeling that we have had before. That's a feeling that I have had before. It's easy uh, for us to relate to the word yearning, right? And for me, I have a specific memory of yearning, right? Kirsten and I, we like the beach. I grew up in the Midwest, in Illinois. I never went to the beach until my adult life is the first time I ever saw the ocean. And from that first time, I realized that I love the ocean. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Uh, You can't get an experience like the ocean in the Midwest. The, the, the Great Lakes are very cool. I like them a lot, but it's just not quite the same, right? I don't know if, if you've ever been to the ocean, you know, you just know, right? And some people don't like it. I understand that, but I love it. I literally love it. There's no place I'd rather be than sitting on the beach. And we have gone, uh, our favorite place, and I, I, I hesitate to say the best because I have literally no clue. I've only been to the beach three times in my life. So, but we go to Gulf Shores, Alabama, and it's a place that I would love to spend so much time. And, and a, a time comes to mind, Very uh, the, the most recent trip we took there, it was in, I think, like three or four years ago. And we spent a week at the beach. And of course, we, we do some of the touristy things like take the boat rides and you, and you do those types of things, eat the seafood. But for the most part, when we're at the beach, what we do is go to the beach. You hang out at the beach. You sit on the sand and you read a book if it's not too hot. And if it's too hot, you just get in the water. And it's so nice and so refreshing. And we had done this for a week straight. We, in the morning, we'd get up and we'd walk by the beach. In the afternoons, we would go back and we would sit at the beach or rest in the water. And in the evenings, you would walk along, you would wade in it, and it was so nice. And for a whole week, we did this. And on the last day, when we had to leave, I remember talking to Kirsten, my friend who we went on vacation with. I don't want to go home. I don't want to leave this place. And so when we went home, and now to the, still, in a time especially like this, I yearn for the beach, for, for the sun on your skin, right? For the water that's warm and not cold. I yearn to spend time at the beach. I long to be there. This is, this is something that we know, right? I'm sure that you have yearned for something in your life. Maybe it's a place you want to be or a person you want to be with, I don't think it's a foreign feeling. I think we have all yearned and longed for something before. But it's so beautiful that the writer, the author of this psalm, yearns to spend time in the presence of God because he knows that there's no better place to be. Even his heart and his flesh, who he is inside and outside, everything about him cries out to the living God. I want to be in your presence Verse 3 says, even the sparrow has found a home, even the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. And as I was reading and studying on this passage, something interesting came up out of this, right? And you can assume that it's symbolic, 
that they're talking about a sparrow and a swallow. But if you don't assume it's symbolic, it can get us to the same point, right? This is someone who spends time near the physical temple of God, where they've considered the presence of God to be, right? And so maybe this son of Korah, this person, witnessed the sparrow nesting at the temple of God. Even the sparrow, the small bird, finding a home at the temple of God in the presence of God. Or maybe a swallow with a nest who had eggs and they were nesting and they were going to have their young at the temple of God. Even the birds long to be in the presence of God because there is no better place to be than the presence of God. There's strength and there's power and there's peace in the presence of God. But even if it's not, maybe it's, maybe it is symbolic, right? Maybe it's not practical. Maybe there wasn't an actual sparrow nesting. I don't know, but, but the, the symbolic, the, the importance of a sparrow, uh, would be like, I've learned, I don't know much about birds, okay? I know that there are a lot of people in here who probably know more about birds than me, right? But a sparrow, from what I found out, is like the most common bird ever. Like, ever. So my guess is if you're a bird watcher, it's probably not that exciting to see a sparrow. Maybe it is. But it's probably more, more exciting to see a rare bird, something you don't see all the time, something that's maybe a little more extravagant looking, right? But a sparrow, there are literally, from what I read, I could be wrong, they number in the actual billions. There are so many of them. They find themselves on every continent outside of Antarctica. They're everywhere. They're common. They're commonplace. They're normal. They're average birds. They're insignificant. Even sparrows can find rest in the presence of God. No matter how important you feel or how unimportant you feel, you can find rest in the presence of God. There is a home for you in the presence of God. Even the sparrow makes a home. Even the swallow, another common bird, from what I understand, not quite as common, makes a home in the kingdom, in the presence of the Almighty God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. This, this scripture basically speaks for itself. I'm not going to be uh, introducing you to any crazy concepts. What I want you to hear today is that you can rest in the kingdom, in the presence, in the power, in the strength, and peace, and joy of God. You can rest in God today. Verse 5 says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. And number 6, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. In the valley of Baca, this is something we don't know about. I didn't either. I looked it up. The valley of Baca could be a real place, probably is a real place. But the importance of it in this scripture is that the valley of Baca is a desolate, dry, arid, no good, dangerous place to be that sometimes people would find themselves having to travel through. But those who, who are in the strength of God, as they pass through the valley of Baca, it is made a place of springs, and water falls onto it and covers it. It's an oasis. A dry, dreary desert becomes an oasis because of the presence of God. Maybe the place that they find themselves in is not an oasis, but with the presence of God, you now dwell in the power and in the strength of God. They go from strength to strength. He writes, hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty, listen to me. 
Look on our shield. Look with favor on your anointed one. Please just look at me with favor like you do with everyone. It's all I want to experience is you looking at me with favor. God, you're so good. Your presence is good. And then a more famous verse, number 10, it says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. There's no better place to be. It's better to be in the presence of God for just a tiny, tiny portion of time than literally anywhere else forever and ever. There is no better place than the kingdom of God. There's no better place than the presence of God. There is strength in God's presence. It says, I would rather be a doorkeeper at the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I would rather be the doorman at God's house than in the, in the coolest, best place somewhere else. God's presence is where I want to be because it's there that I can truly rest, that I can truly rejuvenate and be empowered. God is good. We get to the part with the sun. The Lord God is sun. He is a sun and a shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. The sun has the power to affect everything about us, to affect our outlook, to affect how we feel. And I, and I feel it, right? On, on a Sunday, when the sun's not out, I don't know if you guys noticed, the lights in here aren't very bright. It's dark in here when the sun's not out. It makes a big difference on the actual physical building when the sun is not out. Things don't grow if there's no sun. The earth couldn't be what the earth is without the sun. God is the sun. He provides and gives life to us. There's nothing good that he will ever withhold from us. Blessed is the one who trusts in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in him. Now in verse 4 and in verse 12, right? Uh, there is a word, uh, it might be a footnote in your Bible, it might not actually say it. In some translations it does say it, but there's a word that comes after verse 4 and after verse 12, um, and it's the word selah. And the reason that it's a footnote and not included in every translation is because it's a Hebrew word that we don't actually know the true exact meaning of. It can't be pinned down exactly to what this word means, but they're pretty sure they know what it means. The word selah is a musical term, right? And if you read music, some of, some of you do in here, if you read music, there are like symbols and, and, and lines and like things that mean specific things. They don't mean anything else outside of music, right? But in a, a piece of music, it can mean like stop here and go back here and repeat. Or it can mean stop for a few beats here. Or it can mean this is the end of a measure or whatever. It like marks sections and there's all these kinds of things uh, that mean certain things in music. And that's what selah is supposedly means and it means stop and listen stop and listen and so if you take this in the context of a song stop and contemplate what you've just sang stop and listen to the words that you have just heard after verse 4, we get to hear that I'm yearning to be in the presence of God the sparrow finds a home, the swallow finds a home God, you are so good. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. And as the music fades and as everything quiets, listen. Stop and listen to what you just heard. 
And as we go through the rest, as we read the rest about, about the valley of Baca and how it can be dark and how it will be okay because we have the power of God and the presence of God, when we get to the end, better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Stop and listen. What you just sang, what you just heard, what you just read is real. You can rest in the presence of God. You don't have to do anything. It's free and it's available to you. I'm tired, and I think we're all tired. And we get more tired when things happen in our lives, when a lot of things are going on. And, and it doesn't say, what I, what I don't see in here is that everything will always be good, right? There will be the Valley of Baca. Maybe we'll have to go through a place we don't want to go through. But with the presence of God, we can have peace and strength and power. So I want you to be encouraged today that God cares about you, that God is good, so good. He will not withhold any good thing from you ever. And of course, we, to be a Christian, to be the people God calls us to, there's a certain life that we are called to live, right? But today, I don't want to focus on that. Today, what I want to focus on is who God is and how much he cares for you and how good he is and that you can rest in his presence. Today, I want you to rest in the presence of God. It's always going to be a busy world. And it's always going to be, there's always going to be bad things happening. Depends, if, depending on what job field you're in, maybe you'll see a lot of bad things happening to other people. Maybe you've experienced a lot of bad things happening in your own life. It's overwhelming. But I'm telling you right now that you can rest amidst all of that. The Valley of Baca, you can rest in the presence of God. Your body needs rest to recover. God will give you strength. The presence of God is the best place there ever could be. Rest in the presence of God today. Would you bow your heads? God, we pray today that we would rest in your presence, that we would know that we are always welcome in your courts. There's no place that we'd rather spend any time. There's no better place that we will never find a better answer to any question we have than you. God, I just pray that we'd rest in you today. I'm so thankful that you're our refuge. I'm so thankful that you're our strength. I'm so thankful for your peace, God. I know I don't deserve it, but I am so thankful that you give it and that you withhold nothing good. I'm so thankful for who you are, and I pray that we would rest in you today. We love you. Amen. Amen. So as you go this week, rest in the presence of God. God is good. You're dismissed.